I apologize. You're going to be editing out a lot of throat clearing. But I'm at least going to keep that one in so that if I forget to edit out some, people understand what's happening. <laughs> okay. What happened is Matt is drinking <clears throat> coffee and water, and I think the coffee is affecting his throat. <laughs> well, it was more the tequila last night than anything else. Welcome to Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. On today's episode, we are going to have our last talk about The Last Dance. We're going to take a dark dive into Devil All the Time. And we're going to examine what we think movies will be like after COVID. And so without further ado, let's run that back. So, I promise, listeners however many there are of you out there i don't know if it's three i don't know if it's 75 i don't think it's 75 though because no one really ever emails us (laughs) so but i promise this will be the last time we talk about the last dance the only thing is matt has been i'm guessing just tossing and turning in his bed every night thinking how on earth did Cody not know whether or not they won the championship in that last season? What was it, 1998? Yes. I don't know how you don't know. Because why would I know just some random trivia like that, you know? Like, I know he's won a whole bunch of of championships. Do I really need to know how many exactly? That's But that's the whole argument that people use when you try to say LeBron's the greatest of all time. Oh, Michael Jordan was six of six with six MVPs. He never lost the finals. Okay. LeBron's playing in his 10th finals. How many has he won? Three. (laughs) I, I am in the, I am in the Michael Jordan is better camp, but I'm not in the LeBron hate camp. Right now, the Heat, are, the Heat are playing the Lakers in the finals right now, so I do hate LeBron at the moment. I will tell you this, guys. I have finished the show. I finished it like a few weeks ago, actually. And spoiler alert for those that, that didn't watch it, my, they did win the last championship. <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching that thing, and I was thinking... Like, pretty much, I think I I got to the episode before the last episode, which was really going into the finals, if I'm remembering correctly. And I was thinking, of course, of course they're going to win. Like, (laughs) why would this this entire thing is called the last dance? Because it's the last time any of them are all playing together and with the same coach and everything. If this documentary ended... With them losing the finals. (laughs) It would just be stupid. It would be, like, pointless. Everyone would be like, why did I sit here and pay attention (laughs) to this for so long? And so it really started to dawn on me that obviously they have to win the finals. So I don't know why I I questioned it. Because, you know, I was just thinking, things seemed to be going pretty bad for them at the time. (laughs) when At the point that I was in the documentary, I didn't know what was going to happen. But... My God, it got emotional there at the end. You did? For, 
it did. Oh, it you, did. Thought you cried watching them win the title. <laughs> no, but I did. Um, the 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 point in the documentary when I did feel, I guess, the closest to like crying. I was thinking of our conversation while I was watching it about how Michael Jordan's kind of an asshole. Right. There was a point in the documentary where they made this this whole section um, with his teammates talking about how hard Michael Jordan was on all of them. Like, yep. he would not let you have, like, a second where you, like, mess up. Like, mm-hmm. he'd be in your face. There was a point where Michael Jordan today, present day, was discussing how he wanted to be playing his absolute best at all times and he wanted the people that wanted to play with him to also fight to achieve that excellence and Michael Jordan in present day teared up and was saying if that's not how you want to play then you don't have to play but like he was he was kind of expressing that like I never wanted to be an asshole right and come across I just wanted that to be the way. best right and I just, I don't know, I kind of, like, understood it in that time. He was still an asshole. You just get to see, like, the background, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of his team were saying, like, he was so scary. Like, um, he was but, an asshole. But <laughs> <laughs> it was just so mind-boggling to watch them continually pick themselves up after, like, bad moments. Mm-hmm. And come back and 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 bring it when it needed to. Because I right. mean, I don't know if people out there know, but Michael Jordan played completely sick one game, and oh, it was you still don't know. super dominant. It's called the flu game. You don't. You, you, if I didn't people know that. don't know. I did. I, that's why. I, I, hey, I didn't know about that. Oh I was my God. just as in the dark as the was it the Utah Jazz as the coach of the Utah Jazz. Jerry Sloan. Was he sick? That's yeah. news to me. Did, did everyone he, else know? Yeah, did he look sick? <laughs> <laughs> he looked sick. I don't know what that guy is talking about. He's either the most unobservant person in the world or he was being sarcastic. I don't know which. <laughs> he was just saying, like, oh, sick? He played out of his mind. He didn't right. seem sick. How about the game when Michael Jordan went to Dennis Rodman's house to bring him to practice in his slippers? I don't even remember which game that was because <laughs> Dennis Rodman was always being brought in. <laughs> to it wasn't a game; it was practice. But I think I did it. I said it last time before I finished the documentary. But now that I've finished the Last Dance, I would recommend people go and watch that documentary. We probably oh, should really have good. had a whole episode about it. But let me be proof that you don't even have to know much about anything that went on. He didn't that- even know if they won. And you know what? I'm a little bit mad that I spoiled it because going into it not knowing anything was thrilling. Cody, you're the only one who didn't know. I don't know. I I think there are people out there, you know? I I knew that Space Jam existed. We decided this week to watch a movie called... We decided to watch Tenet. And then we decided we don't want to go sit in a movie theater with a bunch of other people. So we said, hey, what can we watch at home? And that's when we found... Not Tenet. It's actually... The weird thing is this movie's called Not Tenet. And mm-hmm. it also has Robert Pattinson in it. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. he was in the same year, he was in a movie called Tenet, 
and coincidentally, a movie called Not Tenet. Well, so the weird coincidence is Not Tenet was supposed to come out three years ago, but it just kept getting delayed. It's right, kind of like New Mutants. And so people would think that this movie is somehow a reaction to Tenet, but believe mm-hmm. it or not, Tenet is a reaction to not Tenet. Matt exactly. just hit his head exactly. on his microphone. <laughs> he nodded so <laughs> excitedly yeah. that he hit his yeah. face on the microphone. Well, I mean, people need to know. Okay, now that we're done with that bullshit, we watched a movie <laughs> called The Devil All the Time. It was as fun as the name implies. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say that this is more so than any other movie we watched. This is the like soonest reaction we've ever done to it. It just I, ended. We we just <laughs> finished watching it. I genuinely feel like I need more time to think about this movie. I was going to say the same exact thing. And I'm glad you're on the same page. So keep that in mind as we talk about it. So The Devil All the Time was directed by Antonio Campos, and it was written by Antonio and Paulo Campos. I'm assuming they're brothers. Brothers. I looked at it. A brother's movie and the editor's brother's podcast. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And the baby version of Tom Holland was his son. (laughs) <laughs> you're you're saying Sofia Subercaso, the editor, is Antonio Campos's wife? Correct. And then, <laughs> did you just say Tom Holland is his son? Because <laughs> I, I thought you were joking. When they showed Tom Holland's character as a baby, that oh. baby is their son. I see. Okay, that makes a lot. Of, I didn't. I just assumed you were kidding, and then you were actually telling the true <laughs> trivia. <laughs> Um, it's starring a ridiculous cast. It's Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Koff, Jason Clark, Sebastian Stan, Haley Bennett, Robert Pattinson, etc. There's so many people in this movie. And the whole time I kept thinking, like, who is that guy? It was Neville, it, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Not Neville, who? Dudley. Was that... Wait. Okay. We're going to okay. have to... This is a big pause. Okay, sorry. Because I was going to go a completely different direction, but are you telling me that Roy was Dudley from yeah. Harry Potter? Yes. Let me the find whole him. Time, the whole time he's talking, the whole, they're showing him in the car, and I'm going, I, oh, I fucking hate that guy. I don't know what else he's in, God. but I saw him in something else, and I fucking hate him. And I looked Harry it up, Melling. and he was Dudley Dursley. Harry Melling is the actor... <laughs> And he played a character named Roy Lafferty. And I did not at all the whole time think he looked familiar. <laughs> and now that you just said that he is Dudley from Harry Potter, it, I'm blown away that I didn't realize that right? it was him. And he was just as infuriating, actually more <laughs> infuriating than he was as Dudley in this movie. I was going to say, sorry. I was looking at Sebastian Stan thinking, and I was thinking, I know that Sebastian Stan is in this movie. Is that him? He was wearing a fat suit. Is Was he really? He looked like he almost had like the same mouthpiece that, like, um, Marlon Brando had in The Godfather mm-hmm. in his mouth to like push his cheeks out. So I, I, that was pretty much what it was. Once I realized, okay, there's some sort of makeup going on here, then I realized 
he still pretty much looks exactly like Sebastian Stan, so yeah, I don't know yeah. how I was confused at all. The but, guy from Once Upon a Time? Th- yeah, that's what everyone knows him from. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the Winter Soldier in Marvel, and he's not the only Marvel person because Tom Holland's in here. And he's not the only superhero because Robert Pattinson is in here who's going to be playing the Batman coming up. And at this point, I've decided that Robert Pattinson just jumps into movies to do the most ridiculous accent he can figure out. <laughs> he was great. Of course he was. <laughs> he's He's been incredible in, like, every movie he's been in since the, Twilight. The whole cast in this was really, really good. They were. And I feel like it was great casting with... Um, Bill Skarsgård as Tom Holland's dad. I don't really know, think they like look alike necessarily, but, but it, like it made sense. And, and they're, the way that they like move and stuff, I guess. And I, the girl that was in Little Women, Delorna. Oh, you're talking about the character name, Lenora. Lenora, yes. I she, was in she, Li- was in she was in Little Women. She was in Little Women. Yeah, yeah. Her, her being Mia Wasikowska's. Uh, Daughter. daughter was was really good casting yes i agree and i didn't realize i i still haven't seen little women and i really 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 want oh, to so good but this this girl eliza scanlon is the actress's name she's yeah. also in the series sharp objects which is phenomenal you is should it? watch that yes so pretty much <laughs> bill scars actually is not a fan of that show because he really likes red balloons yeah, he's Pennywise. Um, so now that we've gotten through Pound Poor, <laughs> our absolutely unscheduled reaction to the cast in this movie, <laughs> which was a great cast. I was not. I, I really thought every single person in this movie was great. Mm-hmm. Just acted the hell out of what was happening in mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. Now. The letterboxed synopsis for it is, In Knock'em Ohio and its neighboring backwoods, sinister characters converge around young Arvin Russell as he fights the evil forces that threaten him and his family. And I think that's a terrible synopsis. I think it's a pretty good synopsis. But it makes it sound like Tom Holland's character Arvin is, like, the whole movie. And I understand that, like, I guess he's the most central character. Once you like but focused he, he in was, on a character, he was kind of the thing that tied glued it all together. together, right? Yeah, I get that. I guess the way that it says, like, as he fights the evil forces that threaten him and his family, I don't know. It makes him sound like a superhero or something in the synopsis. There was one scene where I thought this is a su- this is a scene from a superhero movie. What was that scene? When he goes to um, beat up the guys that were picking on his sister. Oh, yeah. And it shows them just doing whatever they're doing. And he yes. Like, you know, or it doesn't even show him. It just shows them like getting pulled away and then he's beating them Yes. Up. It really felt like watching uh, Batman Begins and just watching <laughs> yes. a bunch of like thugs get like pulled into the darkness. Yes. yes. <laughs> but then obviously it pans out and you see it's just a guy beating up another guy. Putting a bag <laughs> but, on his head. But pretty much uh, the movie is something that, like we already said, takes a lot more than 30 minutes to digest. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Once we get to the part at the end where we give you our, um, our rating and all that, I, I don't really know how that's going to go. But what I'll say is that the movie was very dark. 
and it was almost so dark that I almost wondered, like, what is the message of this movie? <laughs> this like, what movie, do you think the message was? This movie thought very highly of God and thinks very little of human people. I almost would say it thinks very little of God, too, but thinks very highly of the devil and, like, how he punishes you. Well, you know well, what I mean? The whole thing was that the, quote-unquote, the, the devil is always testing you. There's right. the devil all the time. And it doesn't seem like any character in the entirety of the movie passed any of their tests. Maybe the grandma. Yeah, I was thinking the grandma was the only one that just was just like lived her life. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like what it was almost trying to portray was these people that are like so like so trusting in God and mm-hmm. so terrified of the devil that they would justify all sorts of things that they would do in the name of I'm doing this so that I can like be good and my family can be good and stuff and what's interesting is throughout the whole movie you have these people doing terrible horrible dark things like you have you have Robert Pattinson as the preacher who's like taking advantage of young girls that trust him as a preacher and telling them what um, you know God would want them to do and everything, and then and God wants them to sleep with him, right? And raping them, and then you have these literally you have serial killers in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have uh, a man and his wife, and they started out. I think it seemed as though they started out um, doing these like ta- like kind of like sexy pictures where like the wife would be posing with. Um, random men they would catch hitchhiking and it seemed to me like they weren't killing them at first but then after the husband killed one of them it turned into he's also going to kill them at the end is that how you got it um or do you I, think from the beginning I they thought were they were always be killing, killing people them. yeah because i mean he okay. had, he brought the gun with him he did it's just that first one where he killed dudley from harry potter it seemed like spoilers he like was not fully planning on killing him unless that was the first one they ever did you know that yeah they said that was the first one it was okay i must have missed that so you have these serial killers then and you have uh you know a a sheriff that's clearly taking bribes from like bad people and things like that and what's interesting is at the end all of those people that I just listed, the preacher, the serial killers, and the police officer, the sheriff, all end up being shot and killed by Tom Holland. And in every scenario, it kind of seems like he did the right thing. Right. <laughs> because but he, they were all bad people. Right. But does that make him a bad person? Right. And I think that that's the question that it was trying to say because Tom Holland also was the only character throughout the whole movie that very clearly did not have any faith in God. Right. He just saw what his dad taught him of there's bad people everywhere. Mhm. What did he, what was the quote? There's a lot of no good sons of bitches out there. Um so he he takes that philosophy and I guess that's what that that untrusting nature is what makes him see all these bad people everywhere. Um, right. 
And so I guess the end of the movie kind of leaves you questioning how to feel about any of it. And and I, I just, I don't know, I don't know what they're trying to say, you know? <laughs> because like you said, it, you said the movie, you think the movie thinks very highly of God. That's what you said? That's what it felt like to me. Just like the, the, the lingering shots of like, just like nature with no people and these like beautiful, you know, landscapes everything that everything that didn't include the characters trying to justify their actions mm-hmm. by using god as an excuse like right. w- was great and beautiful right um it's just that any human interaction throughout the movie was people doing shitty things in the name of god right which which kind of or using God as it. an excuse to do those shitty right. things. Using God as an excuse. That's like a good way of saying it. I feel like a lot of the movie was people using God as an excuse to justify what they're doing. And without any evidence of really being able to, I guess, hear his message and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. And the only character that me and you consider like maybe the good a good person... <laughs> Um, other than the grandma, I was going to say other than the grandma, but the grandma is a good example of someone that she's not out there doing things and justifying her actions, um, like bad things she's doing because she's not doing bad things. She's just trying to live how she thinks God would want her to live and everything. Right. Right. Um, and she's not trying to use him, I guess. Right. (laughs) And... So then in the end, Tom Holland's character also isn't trying to use God for anything. Right. And it's questionable if he's a good or a bad person because he did kill people. They were bad people. And so I almost feel like the movie is trying to say, like, in a way, like, God isn't listening to you. And so you don't need to use him to justify your actions because you're just doing that yourself. Right. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. And when you are, I mean, that's not what I interpreted, but I, yeah, I, I understand it makes sense how I that got you would there. See that. Yes, yeah. And so when you try to use use God to justify, you end up just getting the devil all the time, <laughs> right? And so I do think that the the movie has that going for it in the sense that it is very, very vague and open. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of people will watch this and not think at all any of the things that we've thought about it 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 reminded me not that you would ever confuse these two movies but just how the way it just like puts itself out there and says here's what it is Mm -hmm. take from it what you will reminded me a lot of no country for old men which i did see someone in a review on letterboxd say no country for spider-men um which was pretty funny (laughs) (laughs) But I do see the similarity because, um, like the subject matter is nowhere near. Oh, yeah. They're not even the same thing. But the way that it's a very contemplative movie, right? That's quiet and, you know, as violent as it gets, it's still very, like, serene in a way. Mm -hmm. Because everything's so, so fast. Um, there's tons of disturbing things i know we didn't really talk through what happens in the movie a lot happens in the movie and it's a movie that spans many years 
I feel like I do this pretty successfully. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty open to watching pretty much any movie. Um, mm-hmm. What I will avoid is any movie where I feel like a dog may get harmed or die or anything. I avoid that movie, like The Plague. I have. And, uh, I had a professor in, in college that was the same way. Um, I just don't... It, I know why they put that in there because people get really emotional about it and you know, kind of yep. pull an emotion out of your audience. And this one snuck up on me and I didn't mm-hmm. like, if we weren't recording this podcast, I would have turned it off. Yeah, because it's, and it's early on. So you would have missed a lot of the movie yeah, yeah. had you. And it was a good movie. And, Sorry, and um, I'm supposed to save that for later. <laughs> so even though there's already been spoilers and there's going to continue to be spoilers after this, If you've already seen the movie and don't want an entire recap, or you don't want every single plot point spoiled, just skip ahead four and a half minutes. So pretty much you have this this man that comes back from the war, and he ends up getting married and having a kid, and that um, little boy grows up to end up being Tom Holland's character. But when he's like, you know, eight or so, his mom gets cancer, and... This takes place back in the 50s, so pretty much once you got cancer, the doctor just told you, hey, your your wife is dead, pretty much. So the, the man decides, I have to pray to God, and if we pray hard enough, she'll live. He takes that as far as sacrificing the family dog to God in exchange for the wife living um, and forces his son to like pray hard and everything. As you can imagine, the wife dies of cancer regardless and then that puts a rift between the husband and the the son and due to this crazy rift rift and all the grief that the the father feels for everything he did he just kills himself so now we're left with little little orphan tom holland who has to go live with his grandma and that's like how the movie starts you out so you know going forward like oh good so it's all gonna be bad (laughs) simultaneously you have a woman and a preacher getting married and that preacher believes he can hear god like god speaks to him and i guess god told him you can kill your wife and bring her back and resurrect her and so he tried to do that and again as you can imagine he did not resurrect her so then he ends up going off on the run and leaving their child also with <laughs> Tom the grandma. grandmother. So that's how Tom Holland and his stepsister, I guess you could say they're technically, there's no relation at all, but it, right. I guess it's just semantics, um, how they end up growing up together. And for the preacher that killed his wife and ran, he ends up getting caught by those two serial killers that we were discussing and if Matt heard correctly, becomes their first victim. If he didn't, he definitely gets killed by them. So it doesn't really matter. Um, And so as you can see, going through this movie, it's just fun thing after fun (laughs) thing. So what do we move to next? We move to Tom Holland's stepsister, Lenora, meeting this new preacher, Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. And that preacher takes advantage of her faith and rapes her. And then, once she finds out that she's pregnant, acts like she's delusional and should just go figure it out. So she decides she's going to hang herself. Because what else would make this a happier movie, of course? During that scene, I realized, is that where they get kicked the bucket from? Because you stand on a bucket and, like, 
But like and when when they say like someone them. someone died, like oh they kicked the bucket. That's a good question. <laughs> it might be. They and uh, so anyway, she decides actually right before she kicks the bucket. Wait a minute, I don't want to kill myself. Like we'll be able to figure this out. Grandma's a great person, as we've already discussed, mm-hmm. and Makes she'll be able to help her liver. figure it out. But then she slips and uh, dies by hanging. So. Thank God we knew that she didn't want to kill herself because that just makes it so much more fun that she accidentally killed herself. So at this point, that's how, you know, Tom Holland learns what actually happened. So Tom Holland goes, kills the preacher, goes on the run, ends up hitchhiking, gets picked up by the serial killers. When they try to kill him, he kills them. Right. But one of the the, the woman serial killer was the sister of the corrupt sheriff. So now, of course, the sheriff has to cover up everything and kill Tom Holland because Tom Holland knows that they were serial killers and he can't have that. So he goes out to kill Tom Holland and in the attempt, Tom Holland kills him in self-defense. And then we're left with Tom Holland hitchhiking again off to the future, not knowing what's going to happen to him or anything else. In a VW bus. In a VW bus with what looks like a hippie. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, as he sits there, he, he like, is is falling asleep and he's contemplating his life and what came before him and everything. And it just kind of ends on that him contemplating and falling asleep, which I think is actually a really good, you know, metaphor for, like, what the whole movie was. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. It's this contemplation of, like, what is your life? How much control do you have? Like, what do you put your faith in? And well, and and how is he supposed to feel? What is good? What is evil? What it, right? You know, what what bad things get done for good reasons, and what good things right. get done for bad reasons? Because after all of this that he's gone through, he kind of realizes like how he hated his father for killing the the dog, right, and for killing himself. And after going through all this, he kind of realizes, like, he, his father would literally do anything to make the cancer go away for his wife. Right. And so he kind of thinks, he never really says, like, I forgive my father or anything, Mm -hmm. but it seems that he thinks, I get why you did everything. Right. Because, of course, you wanted to do anything to be with her. And... So I think that at the end, he really is trying to figure out, like, how he lived his whole life thinking about how much he hated his father. Mm-hmm. And if he understands his father now, what does that mean for him? It's a very... <laughs> see, I feel like you got to see the movie to really yeah. understand yeah. what we're talking about, you know? One of the but best cinematic yawns of all time. I genuinely... <laughs> Tom Holland gets sleepy in the car and he yawns, right? I genuinely thought... He was being possessed, <laughs> and his mouth was just going to never stop opening <laughs> until he looked like the mummy from The Mummy. Oh, God. Oh, I was going to say the lady from uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> that, too, when she just pulls her yeah her jaw open. But, you know, I'm glad that it, I feel like this movie really 
deserves kind of a strange reflection on it that we're having right now, given how <laughs> vague it was. Like, I feel like it works kind of watching it and then talking about it 30 minutes later and trying to piece together mm-hmm. what the hell you just watched. Like, do you feel like it was almost, like, too dark at all? Or do you think that... It was very dark. I Carrie always makes fun of me because I like movies and shows and songs that are, like depressing and <laughs> really upsetting <laughs> and, and, yeah. yeah um so for me it, it wasn't too dark but yeah. i like i told carrie you would not have liked it <laughs> right 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 i feel like the how dark it is and then also the vagueness of its message is what could like get people mm-hmm. because i feel like a lot of people could feel like it was all darkness with like no reason right but you know, upon having this conversation, I think there is definitely meaning you can take out of it. Whether or not someone wants to sit through all of that to get some sort of meaning out of it, <laughs> I don't know. But it it definitely was one of those movies that's like, like hereditary or something, where you come out of it not really feeling good about any of it, but <laughs> definitely intrigued by what someone is trying to say the only thing like i guess story-wise that i wasn't a huge fan of and this is such a random thing but i did not really like the voiceover throughout the movie oh i thought it worked i just felt like it was like just telling us things that i would have rather like seen because like for an example when the grandma was making her chicken livers and she seemed so nervous about it. And she talked about how people say they're good, but I don't know. As I was watching her cook, I was thinking, like, I wonder if she's actually not a good cook. And, like, she that's why she's so nervous about it. And then the voiceover was like, she was the best cook in all of the county or, like, whatever it was. Right. And I was like, I guess they needed to put that in there because otherwise we would never know. <laughs> and so no, I just felt like I it was kind it of just telling us things. Also, the guy doing the narration... Is yes. the guy who wrote the book. I did see that. On. I did see that. And he did a good job narrating. What it's not a voice. like his voice acting was bad or anything. It was actually a great voice. And I will admit that I did enjoy the very last scene of narration when it talked about like what was going through his head as he fell asleep. Mm-hmm. But um I guess I don't know. Maybe they were trying to make it feel like you were reading the book or like listening to the book. Mm-hmm. through the movie and and that's what they were going for um i just i i get kind of annoyed with voiceover sometimes when i feel like i'm sitting there and like i can close my eyes and just understand the story because i'm just being told it like i might as well just listen to the audiobook of devil all the time but i do feel like i am being a little bit nitpicky since i i don't have a lot of other negatives with like you know how good the acting was the direction the music was great mm-hmm. and really added to that like sad contemplative quietness and so i don't know what do you what do you think what do you how what would you give this if you gave it a star rating five you you would give this movie five I, stars i loved it okay listeners we saw it about an hour ago at this point. we I don't know if there's going to be a revisit to the stars, but that's wild. I'm trying to think back to what I've watched this year. I think it's the best one, best movie I've watched this year. 
Do you not remember watching You Should Have Left earlier this year? I said what I said. <laughs> and I said what I said. <laughs> I uh, I was thinking, I, I do, I hate that I always feel like I'm doing the same thing all the time, but I feel like I would give three it stars. three stars. <laughs> I am going to add a half to it, though, because after having our discussion, it made me like it a little more. So three I, and a half. When we sat down to start talking, I probably would have said four. Okay. But, but so I that's definitely. What did it. But I definitely think it's one that, like, it is so vague and it is so subtle that, like, you do need more time with it. I think, thinking back, I'm going to like it more and more. Right. Which, so, would you recommend it? Because it's not I for don't everybody. Know. Right, exactly. It, it, like you said, Carrie would probably give this one star if she, she had she to give it a star. She wouldn't have it. Oh yeah, exactly. She probably would have turned it off when you would have turned it off. <laughs> but yeah, I think it it um it takes a specific mindset to go into it. You gotta know going into it that this is going to be very, very, very upsetting. Right. And do you wanna put yourself through that to see what you think of it? Right. So in my twenty seven years on this earth. I've gotten to a point where I will watch any movie. Like, I, I don't, I'm not, like, scared to watch a movie. I will watch literally anything. So, something, if someone told me, like, I don't know, it's, like, really, really upsetting, like, that doesn't really mean much to me. So, if you're one of those people, <laughs> definitely watch it. But if uh, if you're Carrie, don't watch this movie. <laughs> Um, um, I, I mean, I think we're playing up a little bit. We may be coming off like it's a little bit worse than it is as far as like... Disturbingness? Yeah. Um, it's not like like the dog scene, for instance. Like it was They don't fast. show it happen. Yes. A, a lot of it is fast. Right. And a lot of it's not shown. Right. The, the idea is you filling in the blanks makes it worse right. <laughs> in a way. Right. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. But, you know, as we stated earlier, we were going to see Tenet. And I, I got to be honest, I really thought we were going to do it. But mm-hmm. kind of at the last minute, I, I don't know if any listeners have noticed this podcast is the first one in like five weeks. <laughs> but <laughs> we um, we just kind of decided didn't really fully feel comfortable going because I don't I, I never trust anyone. Honestly, there's a lot of bad sons of bitches out there. <laughs> No good I, sons I, of bitches. No good sons of bitches. Damn it. So I, I I can trust what I can control. I can't trust what other people can control. So I, I we didn't go see it. But what does it mean for, you know, going to see movies after COVID? Me and you had been talking about it. And I believe that there's going to be like a boom of movies after this. You didn't seem to think the same. I think that once people... Once the industry sees that people are starting to go to movie theaters again, I think that everything that was supposed to have been released, the Quiet Place 2, the Fast and Furious, all that stuff, that's all going to get released. And it's going to be a huge boom for six months, a year. Right. Then when it's time for everything that was supposed to be being filmed now to come Mm -hmm. out, there's going to be a lull. There's there's not gonna be there's not gonna be anything. The thing is, feel, is there, there's not gonna be any like blockbusters. I just feel like that's what this time is right now is the lull. 
where nothing's happening. But, like, they're filming Batman right now. No, they're not. It got shut down, and then they started again. Okay, yeah, but that's one movie. I, I, I actually don't. I don't want to sit here and act like I have the inside knowledge of Hollywood movies right now. I think they're filming Suicide Squad. But, I know but, that they like, like showed stuff like that. They're filming a handful of movies. There are right. there are production companies that are forcing their way. How many how many movies do you think Warner Brothers is filming right now? Probably just the Batman. Not not very many. Well, they'd be doing Suicide Squad too. But either, right, either way, right, of course. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um either way it's not it's not at the pace that it used to be right right but like i think that what it is is that like you were saying that all the movies that were supposed to come out now are gonna come out i feel like those are going to be spaced apart enough that it gives enough time for all those other movies to get finished so that it comes back around because obviously they're not going to release fast nine the quiet place 2 and black widow all on the same day it's gonna be like month a month apart a month apart and other than those three, can you think of other movies that are that were like filmed and are on the back burner right now? Wonder Woman. And t- they're probably going to put Tenet out again once the people are going to get more money out of it. Yeah, I don't know. But Wonder Woman's a good one. But where I'm where I'm coming from is like I think those blockbusters are all going to come out, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's not going to be a whole lot to fill the void for everything right. that was supposed to be being filmed right now. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to get a lot more, you know, smaller films. Right. Some more, not maybe not in, independent, maybe the wrong word, but um, just like smaller scale stuff, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah, more that stuff would probably like be good. Devil All the Time. Yeah. And probably a whole bunch of Bloomhouse movies. that they, They've probably made like 20 movies in the time that COVID's been going on, knowing right. Bloomhouse. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Hopefully it happens soon. But... So that was Let's Run That Back. We've got our email address at let's run that back pod at gmail.com. Let us know how, if you thought that Devil All the Time was, was good or too dark or, you know, anything like that. We've got our Instagram at let's run that back where you can check out when we have uploaded new episodes so that in times like this where you're like, am I just not finding it? I feel like it's been five weeks. You can go there and be like, oh, no, look, they haven't posted in five weeks. Um And so (laughs) thank you for listening. And this was Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. Have a good one.